What up, Brian? What's going on? What's popping today? I am amazing. He, he, How are you? Well, I, I can't compete with that. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing. I'm feeling okay. Yes. That sounds like a personal thing. We can talk about that too. There he goes attacking me. Yeah, guys, he attacks me this whole show. I know. I'm the bully. <laughs> Well, oh, man, it has been a journey these past couple of weeks. I've actually been on one too, man. I've I've been on a I've I've filled you in on a little bit, but I've been on one too, man. All right, yeah, nice. Where are we at? Where are we at? We're well, the Talk Hard Podcast, not radio show. Welcome to Talk Hard Radio, baby. Welcome to the Talk Hard Podcast, where we're going to talk about some pretty interesting shit. Excuse my language. If it's bleeped out or not, just bear with me a little bit. I, I like shit. I call it passion. People call it cursing. It's just a way we communicate so i want to start this off by clarifying that what i'm about to say from the jump Uh-oh. the first words out of my mouth Uh-oh. are probably gonna offend a lot of people. oh boy if you're easily offended please remove yourself from this podcast <clears throat> yeah you can just go ahead and click stop if you will listen to what comes after you'll understand what i'm saying but the well, I only know one way to put this. The though. problem with people that get offended never want to listen to the after part. You know what I mean? That's that's the whole problem with the people who get easily offended. Yeah, they never hear the full story. They get offended right off the jump, and they're like, F you, and they're out. You right. know what I mean? Anyway, go ahead. No, you're absolutely right. Let's so, offend some people. So here we go, okay? And <laughs> we may want to we may want to bleep out the first word, but I'm going to say it anyways. F*** your feelings, okay? Ooh. That's where we're starting today. And what I mean by that is... Your feelings are what get you into trouble. This is, so let's put this in like a, a, a psychoanalyst, like you always tell me I psychoanalyze you. So he we're going to go down goodness. the psychoanalytical road or the psycho-cybernetics of it. So I want to do something, right? Okay. But I don't feel like it. Oh, God. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't feel like doing shit any day. Right. Just it's like, so you know. I want to do it, but I don't feel like doing it. So there's a pattern here. Pattern is feelings. Feelings are valid. I'm not excusing anybody's feelings. I, I, I think, I don't know the terminology for it, but I think that's a different feeling. Like, I have a feeling, like, I'm not feeling good. Somebody, when I'm around, it makes me feel like, like dog shit every day. And the feeling of, I don't feel like doing what I know I need to do. It's a different thing. So F your feelings. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. Okay. Okay. But, but I think when you say though, I want to clarify this. I think when you say F your feelings, yeah. And I could be wrong, maybe because you're just throwing this on me, yeah. <laughs> like you always do. Yep, but I, but uh, if you're like me, it's not like F your feelings. You shouldn't feel that way. It's for me when I say F your feelings is like I don't feel like doing the things that I know that I need to do. Like, because I talk about this all the time, how my mind is the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's the absolute, it's it's what I'm at battle with every single day is this up here. Okay. Right? Right. So, and this tells me not to do anything really that I know that I should do or that I want to do or that will get me to that next level or that would put me in a situation to get, you know, to meet that person, to do this, to do that. Because I feel like that's uncomfortable. Right. And I don't want to do it. Plus, because they're connected, right? So right. now you're allowing your body to become the mind versus Ooh. the way we're supposed to be, where your mind should control your body. I like that. So like that. this is why I talk about us being wired backwards, right? We're habitual by nature, and so we create these patterns inside of ourselves. And so what we do is we allow our feelings 
to get in the way. And there's a lot of feelings that are involved in this. Love can get in the way. Fear can get in the way. Stress can get in the way. Uh, Excitement can get in the way. Like some people will get excited and then allow that to become fear because now they're going to take that excitement and now they're going to wait for the other shoe to drop. Like life is going good, so I'm just going to mess it up. That's that's that feeling. Feel, <laughs> look what I just did. See? That's that feeling of impending doom mm-hmm. that that us addicts and alcoholics uh, tend to have in common is like things are going good in our life. You know, we're getting clean, we're getting sober, we're doing this, and we're we're getting a new job, we're 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 getting our kids in our life, we're we're maybe getting in a relationship, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and then we always have this underlining fear of impending doom. This is all going to. This is all going to end. Something's going to happen, which negates a lot of our what we should be doing, and it stops us from from living the life and enjoying the moment because we're living in fear. Like, okay, I can be, I can be all excited and happy about this, but why? Because so it's all going to end. Here's where the problem with that is: the other shoe only drops when you allow it to. There is no good or bad. There are just the feelings that we attach to them, and this is where feelings get in the way. Hamlet said this clearly a long time ago. You don't even know the date. Yeah, definitely. No, does anybody definitely don't, don't know the date? I don't think anybody. No. If you know the date, put it down. without using Google. Put it down. I know you're already. It, I know you're already there. But drop it down it. in the comments. So, feelings are what we attach emotions to, right? And so okay. our mind thinks something. We attach a feeling to it that creates an action. I've said this before. This is how we operate in our body when our feelings get in the way because of impending doom the impending doom is only there because we've created it Mm -hmm. it's not really there the only thing that is out there is what we create meaning life is going to shit on you bad things are going to happen you can either allow them to exist in a space where you can accept them and then move on or you can allow them to become your impending doom to define you my biggest problem with people is always you made me feel, and I'm like, shut up. If I was going to make you do anything, I'd make you give me your money. Ooh. I'd make you rub my back. I'd make you mow my lawn. I'd make you wash my car. Like, if I could actually make anybody do anything, I would be probably fat, chilling on my couch. Didn't you just ask me people. to mow your yard the other day? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I think you did. You manipulated me. So what I'm, I'm saying there. is, like, I no one can make you do or feel anything in reality. That is our typical response in a defense mechanism, but it's not true. And the longer we allow this to exist in our minds, the harder life is going to be. The only thing that happens is what you allow to happen. And I know this is so much easier said than done, but what I have been doing lately is diving real deep into understanding how all this operates. And in that, I believe the energy that I have been creating in myself is causing such an energy out in the world like we're watching happen right now for me. So you're talking about manifesting. Absolutely. Yeah. This manifestation, and sometimes it's not even intentional. Mm-hmm. I am making a career change right now. Yeah, big one. That was not something that I intentionally manifested. However my divine manifestation for my life and the reason for this podcast and the reason for all the things that I'm doing right now. I hate reading books, but I'm reading books. I'm listening to audiobooks. I haven't listened to the radio in months. So, so, so you don't feel like reading books. Right. I don't feel like it. So I make myself do it because I go. know that it's just like I go into the excuse pattern of my subconscious. It's difficult. 
and I've got dyslexia and I've got to read things three times. So I could let that be my excuse or I could retrain my brain to do what I want it to do because it's my brain. It's my body and I control them. And so in that process, I'm creating this outside world where people are just coming to me with things they want to talk about, things they're dealing with in career moves. Like I got other friends that are making big career moves that are coming to me and being like, what do you think? Just because I'm in a position where myself that I want to make big moves, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. And it's inspiring people with, and I don't mean like, again, I'm not making them do it. They're feeling the energy of it. I I feel like that's the key to coaching. Yeah. Is not standing over top of somebody and pointing your finger and telling them to do this. It's, it's hide and watch. So that's the difference between coaching from compliance and coaching with compassion. There's two different things. Right. So you can coach someone with you need to or ought to do this. Which which comes in effect a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Then there's coaching with compassion, which is what do you want to do and how can we get you there? Meaning me just providing tools, you actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to one of my coworkers because he knows that I'm, I'm leaving the current situation. And he was like, you know, you really did so much for me. And I said, no, hold on, back up. You did all this to yourself. I was just somebody that provided information. You could have done absolutely nothing with it, gone on with your life knowing less or whatever. It, that was your choice. Well, I think people, we all need something. Like, I don't learn very well when somebody's telling me stuff. I, I, I don't. I have to. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a quick learner. It just takes me forever. Yep. And the way I learn a lot, unfortunately, is through mistakes and through making those mistakes and, and failing. And, and I have to learn it the hard way a lot, which is not a great asset of mine. And then again, if you look at it from another point of view, it is a great asset of mine. Right. So, but what I, when I see somebody who's telling me, offering me suggestions, showing me, giving me tools, like you just said, I, I'm okay with that. And, but when I see them actually apply it in their life, that's inspiring. Yeah. And we need people, humans, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I need to see that work for somebody else. I don't like, I, I don't like, uh, talk is cheap. Talk is, talk is so cheap. And here we are talking, but talk <laughs> is so cheap, but actions mean everything mm-hmm. to me. Like, and I need to see that you're willing to do the same thing that you're telling me to do, you know? And that's inspiring when I see it work in other people because it's that relatable aspect. Like he knows and he, you know, or whatever it may be, he's been where I've been. He's seen what I've done. He's done, you know, he, he's got a little, he's got uh, context of, of what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me to do these things as he's doing them. That's, mo- I don't like the word motivation because motivation is, it, it doesn't last, right? Motivation is, I see something, I want to do it, and I'll do it for five minutes and I'll quit. Uh-huh. Right. Right, 100%. But when, when I'm inspired... And I have inspiration, like I'll I'll keep trudging forward. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, inspiration is is a deeper desire for something. Agreed. It, it it it's again now we're using our feelings the right way. All right. Now we're right. actually taking control of feelings that we want because they're all feelings. Like True. you see something, you panic, your body gets hot, you start to sweat, all these things start to happen, and when you continue to do these things by allowing your feelings to get in the way, somebody will say I. You know, 
I really, you know, want to do it. I just don't feel like it. I'm like, see, now you've just taken your desire, your inspiration, and you've blocked it with a feeling that is typically fear, anxiety, and you don't even know what the end result is yet. You've anticipated the result without even experiencing it, and you've literally just lost the game. In my opinion, that is the lose right there. That is where everybody fails, where I failed for a very long time. I think that's what they, you know, in the program we say, and you hear a lot of like everything you ever wanted in life is mm-hmm. just on the other side of fear and fear in this, in this context is everything you ever wanted is just on the other side of your feelings. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, pushing yourself. Like I'm with you. Like I, I, I've been, I don't know. I've been struggling lately mm-hmm. a lot. Went through a lot of changes, uh, uh, going through a divorce, uh, my son moved in with me. Just all these different things happening all at once. I just got out of the hospital. I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks with this right. mastoid mastoid bone behind your ear. It, it got I got an infection in it, which is rare, which is on you know par for my course here. You know something rare is going to happen to me. <laughs> right. Uh, apparently, it's a serious matter because the bone is right next to my brain, and you know I went in there with an ear infection, thinking that it, you know I'm just going to get some antibiotics and go home, and no. Apparently not. So I spent a couple of weeks in the hospital while going through the divorce, all going through this other, you know, multiple of other, multitude of other things, including my son moving in with me, my 15-year-old son, and trying to navigate through a 15-year-old son and, and getting him in school and, and that routine and all these different things happen. And so I just, I've been struggling a lot with my inspiration and, my routine because routine for me is is everything like like I've had a routine from day one of 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 recovery right and it's got thrown in a loop multiple times but this time was like a bunch of things all at once and you know if and when you get out of routine it's incredibly hard for a guy like me to get back into one right you know you and I talked yesterday about yep. about develop you know and not having that routine is where my struggle was because if I'm not getting up on whatever time I set, if I'm not doing the things I want to do in the morning, the, the things that I know that I need to do to get my mind right, to get my spirit right, to get me right before I do this, this, and this, and, and, and work and, you know, all the stuff that comes with, you know, the rat race out there in the world and, and trying to get and go and run and, do, and all that shit. If I don't get myself right, which I haven't for a long time because I've constantly let myself down, and I want to get into that too because I think we made some good points. You made some good points on me yesterday because I set expectations for myself. Right. And if I don't meet those, ex- it's something as simple as getting up at six o'clock in the morning. Right. I set that expectation. I want to get up at six o'clock in the morning. This should be the time I get up. And if I don't do that, like my mind, I, I'm disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. And if you, and, and waking up, like, this is why it's so important for so many. Like, you, the first 15, 25 minutes of when you wake up is the most vital part of your day. What you do with that time is so vital. And if I wake up late, you know, the alarm's going off. It's screaming at me. I'm, it's been going off for 20, been going off for an hour, right? And I, I, I'm feeling like I'm late. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling discontent. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm very disappointed in, in, in what I just did. Like, that's how I start my day. And I wonder, I've been wondering why my day, you know, I can get, I, I do work, I get everything done, but I have that discontent in me. 
you know, that, that just feels su- such a heavy weight. And I know I'm not alone. I know a lot of people out here and I've dealt with and worked and, and worked with hundreds of people who deal with this. And when I tell them how to fix it and I tell them to make a list at night and, and try to, to achieve majority of the things on that list and, and start with the, what time you're going to get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, so I know the dangers of it, but I, I, I just, it's been weighing on me so much. And you I mean you talked about how I should maybe reevaluate that, right? So like, what we do because because yeah. I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to keep up with what yeah. I think I should be doing, right? And instead of what I actually should be doing, right? So what we typically do and where failure sets in is we set the wrong time frame, right, on our expectations. So what you were saying to me was, you know, I want to get up at six a.m. because that was the time that you put magically on success, right? Not for any actual reason, not because you have to be at work at seven, not for any actual reason in that frame. You just put a time on something. Mm -hmm. But then because of what you do for a living, you're up till midnight, one o'clock, sometimes two Mm o'clock. And so that's not a, that's, that doesn't, your expectation and your time frame has to match the results. Be realistic, right? Like it has to. Right. If you work till two in the morning, then a four o'clock workout doesn't make any sense because the body needs to rest and we sleep in cycles. So for those of you that are hitting the snooze button, man, I can, we could go into a whole spill about the snooze button, but go, go ahead because so, I, what do you told me the other day about the, the sleeps, the REM cycles basically? Yeah. So we sleep in 90 minute cycles. Yeah. And so when you are, your body gets in a pattern because we are habitual and patterns by nature. And so your body starts to adapt with the way that you're sleeping and it's typically in 60 to 90 minute cycles. So when you are telling yourself to wake up at six and so you have already set that intention the night before, this is what you're supposed to do. And then at six o'clock, your alarm goes off and you hit the snooze button. Your body has now started to go back into a sleep cycle. So, so you, you disrupted the sleep cycle. And now you're going back into one, sort of. Now you're half in it. Yeah. And then your alarm goes off again and now you're in an interrupted sleep cycle. So it's like getting woken up out of a bad dream. And then you do that five or six times. Right? And now right. you wonder why you're in a bad mood. I'm the only one that does it. Wake me up suddenly <laughs> anytime ever, and I'm in a bad mood. My alarm never startles me. Right. And it's, mine does. You know, it's, like, it's not like, holy crap, it's going off. I'm like, yeah, it's going off. Cool. You're probably, Five, four, three, two, one, let's go, because I wake up at the same time. You go to bed at the same time. I go to bed at the same time. Yeah. I don't care if it's Friday night. We've had this conversation. We did. do a poker I, night. No, I go to bed at this time. That is, I'm like, we're trying to have poker on a Saturday night. It's like, I go to bed at, at, at the time you guys are starting poker. <laughs> right. Like, I go to bed at like, 9 what? o'clock. What it's, are you, crazy? It doesn't matter if we're camping. It's, it, my wife just bought this thing the other day. It says, um, come in, stay as long as you want, as long as it's not past 9. <laughs> like, that's actually a, a, like, doormat. And so she bought it and sent me the picture. It's just hilarious. But That is good. It's these types of things that we do. So what we do is we set expectations based on feelings. Mm-hmm. And then when we don't meet the expectation based on the time frame. Those feelings get interrupted, and now those feelings are negative because negative thoughts are ten times stronger than positive thoughts. What do you expect? I know it's, to it's me a, this it, sounds simple, and you're all like, F- "You, Brian, sorry, I'm using like, that language again." But they're all like, you know, it's not that simple. It, it, but truth be told, it is that simple. It is. You're and, not allowing it to be, and it's really starts because I have been in this this I wanted to call it a funk. You know, and that's just a cop out. But I, I've been in this thing where, you know, I'm getting my stuff done. I'm doing my work. I'm doing what I do. Right. But that's all I'm doing. I'm not. 
So as an addict, we say we make the abnormal normal. So where is your addiction <laughs> playing in your life today? How is your disease manifesting <laughs> itself in your life today? Well, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> and it's the only thing I care about anymore. You know, and it's unhealthy, right? But when you wake up, when I wake up, so discontent because I disappointed myself because mm-hmm. I didn't do what I set out to do because it wasn't realistic because I went to bed at one thirty the night okay. before and I tried to get up at 6. It wasn't realistic and then I'm, I'm rushing and then I'm stubbing my toe on the counter because I'm rushing and uh-huh. I'm trying to get this done and I'm not enjoying my my cats in the morning because that brings me so much, you know. Okay. That's, my, that's my moment. I got you. Yours is in the shower. Yep. Right? You do your meditation. I have cats on my feet. Yep. As soon as my feet hit the floor. Yep. Like, hey, f- feed me. Yep. <laughs> But the rubbing on me, and it just it sets me right. But um, I don't get to enjoy any of that, and then I'm rushing to do this, and then I'm missing that, and then I'm not doing this. And then, and then, this is the most, and guys, I know, ladies and gentlemen, I know you can relate to this, because I guarantee you, 98% of you do the same damn thing that I have been doing, that I am, I am right now, and as of the last two days, swearing off of the first thing I do when I wake up late, because I didn't, because I disappointed myself, was grab this. Your cell phone. I, I grabbed this damn cell phone. Yep. And I immediately, there's all these, there's 30 notifications, of course. And well, here's the biggest problem with this. And this it, is our boom. alarm. Your cell phone is your alarm. So right. it's like, that is a problem. So what I do is my alarm is nowhere near my bed. Right. My cell phone is, we have like a, a master bedroom with like a vanity style, like sink area. And then it goes into like the toilet shower. And so I set it in the vanity area. How many so, feet? How many feet of what? It's 15 feet. Okay. So it's away from me. And because I don't want to startle my wife, I have programmed my mind to wake up before the alarm. I figured. I figured. And that <laughs> How many of you always... all in the comments right now figured that was the case? This son of a... Now, mind <laughs> you, I want to give everybody a little bit of context. When I moved... To Indiana, my biggest fear was being able to wake up on time for work because I could not do it in yes. my mind. You struggled. Beyond struggled. Right. Late for work all the Like, time. it was like, I just could not wake up. It was, since I was a child, waking up has been my biggest issue because I sleep, I used to sleep so deep that they had to like retrain my brain when I was young to not wet the bed until I was like eight years old. How uh, I was the same. I'm not like I'm I not gonna sleep, tell the people that. Though. I had to sleep on one of those. You just did, by the way. Nope. Um, <laughs> I had to sleep on this like net that used to slide a pillowcase over. I couldn't stay at my friend's house. Yeah, because of it. I slept on this net that used slid a pillowcase over, and when it would get wet, it would connect the metal together, and the alarm would go off, and it'd make me wake up. So I'd realize, and Shut it was up. training. I swear to God, I wore diapers until like seven or eight years old, and it was the most embarrassing thing on the planet. I would just would sleep that like an earthquake and I've slept through multiple earthquakes in California. Mm. I would have no clue they happened in such a deep sleep. You'd be questioning if I was alive. So my biggest fear coming here was being able to do that. And once you set your mind in a place where you are not in control anymore, you belong to me. People are like, I just can't control my brain. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? You can't control your own thoughts makes zero sense to me because they're your thoughts. That's like saying I can't control, unless you have an actual, and I'm not saying this isn't possible. If you really can't, go get a spec scan. Go let someone look at your brain to see if you need medical attention. Well, you, 
or if you just need a little bit of therapy to talk some stuff out. Oh, because that's that's what it is, right? The subconscious and the conscious mind are constantly a battle, mm-hmm. and most of the time we don't even know it. Like we're not aware, and that's the whole point of becoming constantly consciously aware of your thoughts. I'll, and I'll, I'll give somebody a, a way to figure that out in a minute you, that I've learned recently. You know what I mean? Because uh, that's it. Like everything, those feelings that you talk about are not coming from your conscious mind. Those are from your subconscious telling you it's what it was in a survival mode. Right. Our brain does not want to do the things that are uncomfortable. Our brain does not want to travel the path of least resistance. No. But we know in our conscious mind that that's what's going to get us to where we want to be. Right, but we we operate from the subconscious mind sixty to seventy eighty. I don't even know seventy the, to ninety thousand thoughts on average. And how can you operate those without a subconscious doing some sort of autonomous, doing like, automatic work? work right? right. If you had to think about tying your shoe every day, like, like what, what else would you be doing? Right. You know, if you had to think, like I, I pick up this drink right here and I take a drink. I don't think about that. Right. Right. But if you go through a TBI, you then now have to, like, you lose motor function, and now there's parts of the brain that get damaged through that, and you now have to learn, like, there's a perception model, there's a depth perception, you have this visual cortex, there's a lot of fun parts of the brain that start to make a lot of sense when you dive into them on how they operate, the way that, you know, your audio cortex takes sound and helps you also create distance based on judging this volume of the sound. Like a bat. Right. Like a bat. Like I could hit something and tell you about how far it's going to go because I've heard the sound hit so many times. But I've been always fascinated with that. Like I always knew when something was wrong with my car because I'm like, something doesn't sound right. You're that guy. I'm used to hearing it all the time and then something starts clicking and I'm like, oh, something is wrong. Oh, Chris over here with the motor will fall out the bottom, drive over <laughs> top of it be like, I think something's wrong. <laughs> right. So something in me has always been fascinated with this kind of stuff. But what I'm learning and what I've learned even recently the reason most people don't realize the way that their subconscious and their conscious battles is because they like listen to just music. If shut you want to basically you, shut it off, keep it on. Drive no, to work. No, no, but what I'm saying is that's what we do when we when we put on a, a TV show or we turn on music when we're driving. Right. Is we're trying to shut that shit off. Right. So what they do, what you don't realize is, I'll bet most of you could drive to work, and if it's longer than 20 minutes, you could not name the majority of the songs because you were battling the whole entire time with what you were trying to think and your subconscious getting in the way. I've learned this because I've been listening to audiobooks and I will catch myself drifting, drifting off drifting and off. planning for what's going to happen at work. And where I did not hear five minutes of the audiobook, where I'm like, crap, now I'm hitting this stupid like 10 second back button 50 times trying to figure out what the hell's going on because that's what just happened to me. So your brain drifts, your mind wanders, like you're both did right now is you're both on your cell phones. I have a uh, have a work thing coming through. I'm trying to be. He doesn't have the camera on me, so I'm being discreet. Uh, <laughs> I'm being funny right now. <laughs> so when your brain goes into automatic mode, that's the way it's wired and what it's supposed to be doing, right? Like that's how the brain operates. So when your brain operates in automatic mode, you now need to retrain the automatic mode. I need to tell my body what I want it to do. And this is what they call emotional intelligence. Oh, yeah. I know that term. That's where that comes from. It's not about, like, I'm going to control my emotions. You don't want to control your emotions on a level where you don't feel anything. Which you want to understand your emotions. Because people will say, yeah, I know that. Okay, then why aren't you doing it? You understand it, but you don't know it. Because if you knew it, you'd be doing it. Mm. 
you may understand it, but to really know something is to do it. You understand the benefits, right? So when you were speaking, we were talking a lot about like you again, you keep saying I let myself down. That that is the subconscious thought that comes with what I do. It's yeah. not no, no, it's not a thought. It's a subconscious feeling. Okay. And Emotion. my question is why? Well, which is why well, we got into the conversation yesterday. Right. You know, it's it's you know, you really really put some stuff into perspective for me on why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. If you've been trying and, and, and quote unquote, what I consider failing at right. it, right. Why are you doing that? Right. That's obviously not your pattern. So let's, and you basically propose, let's, let's get a new pattern. Let's, yeah. let's develop a, a pattern that works for you. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, so we talked about this too. So the last two days, last two days, I have got up on a time that I had set. Okay. Which is 7.30. Okay. I, wait. Got up earlier on Monday. But anyway, I've got up on a time that I proposed that I wanted to get up on. Right. And I, and I, and I did, I did my morning meditation. Yep. I did my morning reading. I didn't touch my phone and I, I put in a new routine. Okay. I was talking to you about. Yep. Yeah, I put in a new routine. I've uh, so I'm scrolling TikTok, I'm scrolling Facebook, Instagram, all these things, right? And I keep this keeps popping up. And this is a this is a funny thing about you know higher power God or or just the Facebook algorithms knowing my thoughts and knowing what needs to. Be. It's called the energy you're putting out in the world. When you Let's just call change, it that. change comes to you, but you desired change, and then you started to see it. It's not because it was never there; it was but, always there. It's just now you want it. Now it's just like the red car syndrome, yep. right? You write down. Okay, so I think we all know that one. But yeah, so I, I desired change, and I, and I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't, I couldn't quite place what was wrong, you know, because I had set these expectations for myself that weren't realistic, and I and I weren't wasn't meeting them. But so I scrolling the stuff, I start seeing all these uh, ice baths, and then getting into that and looking at that, I started seeing people taking cold showers. And then I'm like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Why would you want to take an ice cold shower? Yep. But then I started reading and then I started doing you know, a little bit of research on it, on the benefits of taking a cold shower. And I was intrigued enough that I guess I might've had to do something with the timing of it and the way that it kept being thrown in my face that I was intrigued enough to say, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. Because the, what I read from ice showers is it improve. It, it, it works on your mental health a lot. It works. It, 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 I think it eradicates depression. It increases the red blood cells in your body, which helps with immunity. And when you have better immunity, the circulatory lack of depression is is almost an automatic source of that. In my opinion, now, I'm not a doctor, but when your red blood cells and your immune is high and you're already fighting things. Now you just feel better. When you feel better, how do you how do you physiologically be depressed? Right. And you feel better. Because when you feel good, right. <laughs> which is the, the the you know, and that's what it does. It it it, imp- it improves blood flow, mm-hmm. it, the circulatory system, yep. which improving blood flow to all the organs is highly beneficial, right? And it does it in a fast pace. It opens up things. It it, it you know, it's it, uh inflammation yep. through your whole body. Like all these things that it helps. And I'm reading this going, man, I wonder. So, you know, and, and 
it's what I did the last two days. So I told you, I made a, yeah. I, I made a deal with you, and I said, this is what we're gonna, I'm going to do. You want to do it with me? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, not actually showering with me, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we could save money on the water bill. <laughs> no? Is that weird? Is that, leave it to me. But anyway, so the last two days I've done this. I've got up in the morning. I, I've changed my morning routine. And, and guys, listen to me. When I say change your morning routine, it will change your life. I'm telling you. I know it from this time, the last two days. It's already happening. It's I already quote unquote feel better. Right, right. I feel, um, I feel like I got some stuff done. I, I you know, I feel accomplished. Even at f- eight o'clock in the morning, I already feel accomplished. Whereas three days ago, two months ago, I woke up feeling, de- you know, beat, defeated, disappointed. Right. And already changing my morning routine. And the number one thing, and I don't care what it is, number one thing, I stopped grabbing my dang phone. I stopped grabbing it because the only thing on here is work stuff, is this stuff, is negativity, is blah, 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 blah. Right. Absolutely. And that in two days alone, and I, and I vowed to do 30 days of the ice showers just to see what it's like. Yeah. So two days, ladies and gentlemen. Two days. Stop grabbing the phone. Yep. Set a set a set of realistic goals for your morning. And what I mean your morning, I don't mean seven AM to noon. I mean the first hour of your morning. Set realistic goals. And none of them should include work, your phone, answering emails, and going on Facebook, going on none of those places. None of it should include that. Well, it's still there when you're done, right? Like, it, it what's will, the what's ain't going on? What's the rush? I was I was speaking to somebody recently who was explaining to me that like, well, I, I'll have somebody, a customer reach out to me, you know, at nine o'clock and okay. And so you'll answer the phone. Okay. Again, my response is always why? So you don't want to sleep that night? Like that's all you're really going to get out of this because unless you're going to go back down to work and fix their problem, what are you actually doing? It's all stuff that you're going like, to say, all right, we'll be over there tomorrow. We want to serve our customers and plan for the next day, and that's great. But unless you're a doctor, curing cancer, delivering organs, or some sort of therapist where you got to talk someone off a ledge or someone that needs, you know, like we had talked about, yeah. which is why I said you may need to readjust, where you're needing to kind of walk someone back from a bad decision that could be drastically life-changing – that's the difference. So that's why I said you need to readjust because if that's the demand and there's no one else currently in place, not because they're not capable of it, because there's an evolution to the process. Yeah. And so once that evolution happens, then that will relieve and then you'll readjust. Well, and that, just so everybody knows, like I work in healthcare, right? I work in treatment. I, I work at Impact Wellness, Evolve Indy, Robert Alexander Center. This is what we do. Um, and yes, there is no set times to doing what you do in treatment it's it's the medical field and you know i know a lot of medical professions who who work their nine hours or whatever it may be and then their their work phone's off but being where i'm at you know we got people who try to leave treatment we got this going on we lots we deal with lots of tragedies and moms and 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 loved ones and you know people dying in addiction and all these different things that happen in in my field and it's really hard not impossible. It's really hard to shut that off and say, you know what, I'm not answering my phone at nine o'clock or, you know, <laughs> never, I, I don't, I've never had like a, an eight hour work day since I've been in this field, but right. you know I mean? It's like, but there does, you are right. 
there does come a time, a point of time at night where I say, you know what, there's nothing I can do at this point. It's, it's midnight. What, do you, what can I do? Right. Right. But, um, yeah, just to let everybody know, that's what we do, you know? Yeah. And so I even, I challenged you with that, not from like a uncompassionate place in my heart, but sometimes I'm like, you just got to let it happen. Like I imagine a business like a house, right? So if you want a big business, you lay the foundation. You not you aren't the foundation. You lay the foundation where all of these other strategic pieces are going to be placed that you have placed and you are one of those pieces. So you're the center beam to the house. And if you want a teepee, that works great. Teepee is a small business and for the most part you can hold up the sticks around you and you'll be just fine. Now we're talking about a small operation right. depending on what type of work you do from 100000 to maybe a million if you're lucky depending on products you're selling. Um, when you get on a bigger level that requires a lot of pieces, you've had to lay the foundation. And if you trust what you did first, the foundation, and these pieces don't at some point get tested. Like at some point you got to let the house settle mm-hmm. and see if it leans. You can't run around trying to put more screws and staples and everything <laughs> and hope for the best. Because it, if you laid your foundation properly and you put the right pieces <clears throat> in place, then everything's going to stand. And now you've got a beautiful home that you can then lay more foundation and add on to. You're so right, man. You're so right. And that, and that's what evolve in the center for recovery is it's, it's a, uh, the foundation is built solid and you know, every, every room that's added to, the foundation has, we got great people and, you know, sometimes I just have a real, and I've had to do this for the last six, eight, nine months is kind of release my claws and let people do what they do. You know, I, we've got an amazing team, like probably the best team in the country, as far as I'm concerned, as far as clinical to operations, to, to outreach, to admissions and marketing, we have the best team on the, in, in the United States. Uh, I don't know about other countries. So, uh, it's just the addict in me who likes to dig my claws in and not let things go, you know, but I, I you know, I, I feel like, and I, I said this at the, on the very first show probably is you guys are going to watch you guys who are on the show and you've watched and you subscribed and all that. You guys are going to watch the evolution. I know for me of how I'm going to grow because I went through a lot when we first started the show and then who I'm going, like, like you said yesterday, I am not the person I was two weeks ago. Absolutely. And I will not be this person two weeks from now. Nope. You know, so you guys get to watch some of this evolution. You guys get to watch us. Hell, I might say something completely out of pocket that I don't, I will not even believe three months from now. Right. You and know? that's where I have a hard time with some of the society and this will be a totally different podcast. I want to stick to like the feelings and the building yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the nature of things, but I believe that all of that, including even that like byproduct of it is based on a feeling like I said something that hurt your feelings. No, you allowed me to hurt your feelings because you're hypersensitive to something. And look, I get it. Your feelings are valid, but I didn't say that. (laughs) I didn't say that with the intent of I don't speak to hurt. Right. I'm not coming from a malicious state of mind. And that's where a lot of our society has come from. It's like. I'm going to say it, politics. When we have a political force that is all about the feelings, I'm sorry, but the byproduct is a problem. Mm. Because none of our feelings are ever going to align, and I can't make everybody happy. And when we get into this whole hypersensitive where I'm going to readjust 
what's on a TV show, and I'm going to readjust the way you have to speak to people based on a bunch of other people's feelings. You've now invalidated mine. Right. And hey, I'm okay with that because I don't care what you think about my feelings. I care what I think about my feelings. So the people that are okay with that that can be okay. The problem is our political system is very reactionary and not very responsive. We take an immediate based on votes and we want your money and like, but people don't see that. They're like, oh, they care about my feelings. They don't know who you are. And, and, and you're a boat, not a person. Trust me when I say they don't give a shit. Right. They don't give and, a shit. And, and, and in reality, let's be honest, they shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good like, point. I don't have time to worry about your feelings. I have time to worry about mine. Like, I love my wife. I'll do anything in the world for her within my capacity as a husband. But her feelings are hers. Right. It is not my job to make her happy. It is not my job to do all these things for her. I do me, she does her, and in the middle, we meet. And that is a dance that we play, and sometimes I step on her toes, and she slaps me in the face, metaphorically. (laughs) Disclaimer. I am yet to actually have been slapped. Because I, again, I'm surprised by that, actually. It comes from compassion. Well, again, it's just an accident. Like you said, too, the happiness and and good feelings is a byproduct of caring about you and and, and doing the next right thing. It's a byproduct. Well, feelings cause confrontation and they lack the ability to have conversation. Mm. Whoa, somebody quote that. (laughs) Somebody hashtag that. That's just the truth of it. And most of the feelings come from an emotional reaction based on a break in communication. So I assume what you meant by what you said was (laughs) because I wasn't actually listening to you. And I'm super guilty of this. And I have been working so hard on when someone is speaking, I am not trying to plan what I'm going to say in response, which is very hard to do. It's called actively listening. Active listening. Yes. So... a lot of us, and I'm with you on this, is I'll hear hear a bullet point, mm-hmm. and then I'll be like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta either, I gotta rectify that, I gotta defend that, or I got to uh, go off of that, right?" And then we miss the rest of it, right? When when you, it's something I learned in recovery is active listening. You know, I had to really struggle and really push myself. First off, because I always, I already know what you're going to say a quarter of the way through your sentence. Like, I already know. It's just the type of person I am. I'm very intuitive. I know what you, and that my ego tells me that. Well, but truth be told, I've been wrong. <laughs> I have been wrong. Somebody started a conversation. I knew what they were going to say, and I reacted, and I said what I was going to say, and they're like, I wasn't even saying that. Right. I'm like, shit. You know what I mean? And that's where I learned in recovery. So when I first got into recovery, I was like my second year in recovery, not first. A second year in recovery, I haven't, you know, still inflated ego. Like I I have to battle ego. And um, I go to meetings and I want to, I want to sound profound and I want to say that I want to quote out of the book and I want everybody to listen to me. And I want that cute girl over there to, to look me in the eyes and I can see it. And there's that, there's that, I can, I, I need all that. Right. And I need to sound good and it doesn't matter. I just got to sound good. Right. And that's that ego talking. And my sponsor at the time told me that, you know, he heard me talking several times. He, he, he came up to me after me and he said, for the next 30 days, you will not say a word in a meeting. And boom. What <laughs> are you, do you not know that I am full of words and I yeah. need to say them and that person needs to hear, but you know what happened in that 30 days is the most, it's seriously one of the most profound things that ever happened to me in recovery. 
one of the most important things because I would hear people say speak and they would say something and it, and from my perspective it was completely wrong. It was completely out of pocket and I my ego needed to correct them. I needed to talk after that person and fix what he had broken because if somebody believed what he says they're going to get drunk. Right. I mean, that's how my ego works. That's how my mind works. So now you're trying to steer somebody else's thoughts that you actually can't do. That's all I cared about. Based on an assumption that you believe someone in the room is going to take that the wrong way. All I can, that's ego, man. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and I struggle with that. All of us do. I wanted to be the peacock. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be a peacock. I gotta mm-hmm. show everybody my beautiful feathers, you know? And, and man, what I did in that 30 days was Act and he told me like I cannot when anybody is speaking because he, he he went further with it, he's like you're not speaking but also when somebody is speaking you're looking at them you're looking them in the eyes or at them when if they're behind you you're going to turn around and look at them right while they're speaking right and that conditioned me to actually hear what they were saying because what it did is stop me because I would hear that guy talk and now I got something to talk about right now I got something to elaborate off of to fix to to show him that he's wrong or or whatever right and I'm, I'm the only thing I can think about is what I'm getting ready to say next when he's done talking I can't wait for him to be done talking because right. I got to talk I got something to say I'm gonna <gasps> peacock feathers everywhere yep here we go <laughs> so what it, what it did is stop all of that chatter in my head and I was able to actually hear people yep you know some of the hardest things for me to do when someone's talking and I catch myself. Right. Planning <laughs> is I force myself to say, I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything you just said. Will you repeat yourself? So you're correcting it. I like, don't have a choice. I didn't hear half of what they just said. I assume what the rest of what they said while I was playing this game in my head. <laughs> right. And that's chattering. where the communication breaks is I think I know what you're going to say. So while you're finishing that sentence, I've already finished it for you and I'm planning my response. And in reality, that can go a million different directions. A million different directions. And, and that's, again, that's not actively listening. And it's based off of feelings. And you know... I feel like I know more than you. I feel like you're not going to get anything out of it. I feel like I have the right to assume what you're doing, and I'm going to correct you because I have a fear inside of me that in that moment, possibly, someone else is going to take that the wrong way, and if I don't correct it, now we don't know how people are taking it. Which is why text messaging is dangerous because you can read something and read it way wrong. Oh, God. So many times have I done that? Therapist has told me, do not read something through a text. And somebody brought one to me yesterday and was like, what do you think about this? And I was like, I don't think anything of it because it sounds perfect to me. And their response were the feelings involved in it. And I was like, if if that's the feeling involved, then whoever's got a problem with that is doing something wrong. You make a phone call at that point. Like, it is what it is. It was just a work thing. It was very blatant, but it was a, a, a text about something. And I was like, if somebody gets their feelings involved in this, it's because they're guilty. That's my opinion because it was straight to the point. This is the process. There's no emotions in business in reality. Shouldn't be. Right. When it comes to, like, the money doesn't care if it's in your bank or mine. <laughs> so you can attach all the emotion you want to your finances. It's not going to change where the money goes. Right. That's not what makes you money. Now, being empathetic and and building a culture for your team, and these are totally different directions. But this is where emotional intelligence comes into play. Your feelings are valid. You need to learn to control them. And the way you learn to control them is you have to understand them. And the way you understand them is to stop letting so many of them get in your way. Which is what happened. Jake, I love you to death, but I'm going to use you as an example. Uh Uh-oh, Jake. So I posted about the shower. 
Okay. And did you see Jake's response? I want to commit so bad. Oh, yes, I did see that. So when Jake said, I want to commit so bad, give me two seconds, and I'm going to pull it up because it cracked me up so much. I was like, well, okay, now you're going to get, you know, non-licensed psychologist Brian's version of <laughs> this and, response. And just to go into it further, I saw him the next day at the gym, and I he asked me about the shower, and then I asked him about him, and he, he said I did, he didn't do it. He did not do it. He texted me today because he wanted my wife's number for his wife. And I was like, take a cold shower and I'll give it to you. <laughs> so he said, I want to commit so bad. And I said, Jake, what I hear you saying is I want to do it, but I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> this is where feelings get in the way of our growth. We predict about a bad outcome based on feelings before ever giving a chance to experience the results. Newly experienced results oftentimes create better and new feelings, which promote growth in a limitless possibility and retraining our brain to stop predicting the bad. Because let's, let's talk about it. Like the, sh- the cold shower mm-hmm. sounds horrendous, right? It sounds bad. And let's, let's face it, it, it is. It's not something that your body is used to. Your body will go in survival mode and it will pull away from the shower. It will tell you not to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just a metaphor. This is an immediate this is reaction. This is a metaphor. Like, this is an immediate reaction because it's uncomfortable. Yes. Here's the cool part about it. Psychologically, once you have gotten excited about what's going to happen in your body, you will realize you'll stand in that cold shower longer. I am up. Like, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm trying to do it, and I, I know that I'll get better at it. I'm going to do it every day for the next 30 days. That was what I committed to, and commitment is everything. Mm-hmm. So that's what I committed to. But I'm only pulling off about a minute right now, okay. at best, yep. if if that. Yep. It's hard, guys. It's, it is. If you're going to do this challenge, uh, I'll call it a challenge. Let's hashtag cold shower challenge Perfect. down there. Let's hashtag it. If you're going to do this challenge, know that you might only last a few seconds. And that's okay. At first. But if you last 30 seconds, the next day do 40. The next day do 60. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I feel like I feel like I got to kind of warm into it. Uh, and that might be, uh, you know, my mind telling me that I need to do it that way or not. I don't know. But I tell you, it's hard. You can't, it's taking your breath away. Yep. It's, you know, your, your body is telling you to get out of it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, it is hard. It is hard. Flight, like that's what we do. That's what our brain is trained to do. It says, "Get the hell out of this." Here's the reality. This of hurts. You're not gonna die. You're not gonna die. Like that, the Hangover movie. But did you die? Like you're not gonna die. <laughs> that's it. When though. you become addicted to, and is is I'm like not a masochist, but I was addicted to pain on some level because I learned to laugh at a lot of things because I've been through a lot of very extreme accidents, and when that happens. You have no other option but to laugh or cry. And so I got into the thing of like laughing because part of it was from embarrassment at first, but then it was like, I don't want my reaction to the reality of the pain I'm feeling to scare someone else. Now I'm trying to give back like, yeah, this hurts, but I'm just going to laugh a little bit. And people are like, you're psycho. And I'm like, no, it's not about that. It's about, it's not as bad as you think it is. It's as bad as you're imagining it is. And I'm trying to give you something else to imagine because it's not as bad as you were imagining it because I'm really not in that much pain. And I mean, I've snapped my arm in half and I started laughing because it was just a reaction at that point. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) It hurt. I was definitely in shock and I screamed later and I cried many other times in the dark. 
Um, <laughs> Nobody could see me. The way I that cry we, alone, Chris. I cry alone. The way that we react <laughs> and we understand. Like, if you really want to make change in your life, understand it. And the way that I believe that happiness comes, and I posted this today, is just progress, right? Don't time yourself. I don't care if it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes. Be addicted to the progress. And before you know it, you'll be taking nothing but a cold shower. Right. Because you've now become so addicted to the progress that you're now excited about it. Now we've reframed it, and it takes on average, some studies have saying 21 days. Which is why a lot of these challenges are new, 30 days. To develop a new habit. 21 days to develop a new habit. And that is the way to retrain your brain. And when you are consistently in progress mode, now that is your new habit. Mm-hmm. And when progress is your habit, look out. Well, and, and again, the mind is my enemy. Like hashtag progress is my habit. Hashtag it. Because progress has become my new habit. I see that. I really do. I see it in everything you do. And it's crazy because, like, I wasn't in this space. I had grown quite a bit. I was doing well. I, you know, I, I had advanced in my career. I was doing good. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't starving by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, a family member reached out to me and was struggling with something pretty severe that really struck my heart. And the ability in that moment to give back to this individual just a little bit of knowledge and comfort. And hope. And hope. Like, right. if you want to know what... So there's success and successful. Success is experiencing a level of your desire. And then there's successful, which is attached to fulfillment. Fulfillment. Fulfillment is the desire to give back, which is what we're trying to do here. So I have dedicated wherever this podcast goes financially. It is not about me buying a Lambo. I've already had one. They're not that much fun. It is about giving back. Don't get me wrong. We'll have fun. But there's a a limit (laughs) for me. Like, I'm I'm not, like, just going to take all this finances and give it away, but we're going to create, right? Because that is part of the giveaway. We're going to create careers. We're going to create opportunities. We're going to create growth. Well, you and I, you and I have, okay. you and I have both. Like we're, we're, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 42. Mm-hmm. How old are you, Brian? 41. Yeah, Brian's 21. 41. Oh, <laughs> I thought he said 21. I was just going to go with it. <laughs> so we've created a lot uh-huh. in our lives, right? Uh, and, 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 you know, I've created this, several businesses and I, I've, I've created the world in my recovery and I've created the people in my, my life. I've created the relationships, you know, all these things are, you know, a lot of manifestation, a lot of manifestation, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, surrounding myself with good people who have good intentions and who are striving to become their greatest version. That's, that's the only, like, I believe this wholeheartedly. If your friends, if you show me your five friends and I'll show you your future, Absolutely. like that is paramount in everything that I yep. do. If you want to look around right now, at the, if you got to look at your phone and, and see the last five people that you message or, or your messenger and, and or the, the people that you hang around and ask yourself, what are they doing with their lives? You know, what are, are they creating things? Are they are they happy? Are they joyful? Do they have good careers or are, are they have good relationships? Are they, you know, are they this type of person or are they the type of people that's always in drama? Always in and out of jail, always losing jobs, and it's never their fault. Yep. You know, always this, always, you know, always in the negative. And you ask yourself, like, because you are the sum total of your five friends. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I have seen it. I, and lots of people talk about it. So um, look around. Take a look and, and, and see who the five people that you're hanging out with are. they? And if your people are not in, and this is where you get this. 
if the people in your circle are not inspiring you, pushing you, motivating you, calling you out on your BS, all these different things, if they're not doing that, then you don't have a circle, you have a cage. Okay. It's it's very simple. Like because if you're hanging out with negative light, you know, negative pessimistic people, that's exactly what you're going to be. So here's my challenge to them. Two things. One thing I want to touch on, because I've been staying focused on what you're saying, but I, I heard you say, you know, 41, 42. What I want people to understand when they hear that number is that I've experienced a lot. Only took me five years to create greatness. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true, too. Like, don't let the number fool you. Yeah, we're doing you're 21, nothing. you're like, man, I'm only halfway there. And you, no. No, no, yeah, I agree. There is no age limit on the creation of greatness. There's a mindset that needs to be taking place. And I know that there's a psychological aspect to what you develop up to 25, from 15 to 25. There's a lot that happens. But you can start young if you get hungry enough for it. I like Not many Genomes only load the gun, you pull the trigger. So I don't want to hear like, well, it's bad genes. It, that's not how it works. There's science behind this. Google it because I'm not going to get into it. It's there, though. Trust me, because I have done a lot of research on it because I played that card where I'm going to play the victim. I'm going to blame it on my right. bad genes. I'm going to do this. I'm just wired wrong. All these things are just excuses. And as soon as I eliminated that and took ownership, there it is. Uh, Jocko Willenick has a book there out it is. called Extreme Ownership, and I'm reading it right now, and oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's all about ownership, and it'll change your life. You want to own a business? Own your day once, and then we can talk about you owning a business. Ain't that the Ain't that the truth? Own your feelings for a second. Ain't that the truth? Because people want to look at that end result. Mm -hmm. Like I want to do that, but I don't want to do this today. I don't feel like doing. This I don't <laughs> feel like doing this today. And, and you know, and that's what success and owning a business and creating your world is. It has nothing to do with that end result. It's what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Am I Am I owning this moment? Right. Am I, am I doing the things I set out to do right. in this day? Like uh, so many people want to put goals on, you know, five-year goals, 20-year goals, one-year goals. I just want to own everything that I set out to do in my day. And I know if I keep doing that, because that's what success is, repeating a successful day every day. Yep. Successful is all in, in how you ch choose to look at it. How did you how did you accomplish your goals today? Did you was you successful? And if I could do that today, guess what? I get to get up and do it tomorrow. And I don't need to think about that end goal so much. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is financial planning. There is business strategies. Sure. There is all these things that yeah. absolutely have to take an effect. But I first and foremost, just like you said, if I can't own the day, I cannot own anything else. So that's where it goes. Like in my opinion, success was not about what you have. It's about what you keep. Keeping a positive attitude. Keeping your head up. Staying humble. Keeping your people close. Staying humble. Keeping what's close to you and what matters. And when I say, F your feelings, it is not because I don't have empathy. It is because I don't have the capacity to focus on you all day long. And I will. We had an empathetic conversation yesterday. And in that moment, I was present with you. Yes. And as soon as I left here, I thought about it for about 10 minutes, which was awesome because I'm like, cool. But then Marty's going to do Marty and I'm going to go be with my wife. Right. And that right. doesn't make me a bad person. That means if I can't fix your feelings, I'm going to be present with you in the moment. We're going to talk about things. I'm going to have empathy and compassion, and we're going to openly discuss things, and we can do that because we know it's not from a place of any type of maliciousness. And Intention. it's honesty. 
the intentions are set properly and we can have those. And some of them were about some of me questioning recovery and other things. And yeah, it was like, yeah. let's just have a conversation. Yeah. Cause I feel a little differently right. and we had a fun conversation and you opened up with me and I opened up with you and we shared a lot of fun things. And then something came of it too. Absolutely. Something great came of that honest, open conversation. Yes. Something that in the last two days, Brian, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, it may be a placebo effect. It yeah. may not, but yeah. the next 30 days will tell me that. Well, you're the placebo. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment. It's or... the truth. It's the truth. All right. But you know, I want to, I, I kind of want to change, you know, you said F your feelings. Yep. I, and, and that's, that seems to me you're saying that to someone else or to everyone, right? Just a shock value. So you'll pay attention to what I'm saying. That's right. what I'm really doing. And what I, what I <laughs> would, would implore people to do instead of, what I implore you to do is say, F my feelings. Yeah. Not necessarily, but F my, I don't give a shit about my, if I feel like doing this. Right. I don't give a shit if I feel like getting up at six o'clock because I'm tired and I'm cold. It's cold out there on, out from my covers and I don't, I didn't, I stayed up later I, or whatever it is. F my feelings, man. Right. Because I, my feelings will get me in a bar at 9 a.m. Yep. My feelings will get me homeless real quick. My feelings will destroy every relationship that I have. So F my feelings, man. And, and, and I hope that we can all take on that mindset that our feelings are, while they're valid, me trying to pull a disclaimer here, but in this context of this conversation, they don't matter. What I do with those feelings is what matters. Right. What I, what I, if do I push through them regardless if I feel like doing this? I, I'm sad. I'm depressed. Uh, I'm anxious. Do I? Okay, that's a valid feeling. I feel it. It's, it's, I understand it about me. I am completely anxious and scared and, and, and don't want to do this. But that doesn't matter. What matters is am I going to do it anyway? Right. And yes, I am. So, do I want to get in that cold shower at, at 7 a.m.? No. I absolutely I, I do, do not. Do and and, I, and my hopes is to get there, right? My hopes is to get to where that seems like I want to do this. I and can't it, wait to do this. Again, I really, really, really want people to understand the mindset that I'm in right now comes from so much hard work yeah. and so much uncomfortable conversations well, with my wife, with friends, with bosses, with people, because I, I, I thought it would be confrontational and I'd realize it had to be conversational. Like, I just need to get this out. And so it, with that came the emotional intelligence. Like when I say Fuck your feelings, I don't mean actually, I mean Fuck the feelings that are getting in your way because you most go. of them aren't valid. You need to validate your feelings. When someone dies, that's a valid feeling right. loss. Yes. I understand that Mourn them, accept that live in their memory and move on. And that is not because, I mean, I've lost people that I, they still live in my heart, but I'm living the way they would want me to live because they understand my passion. And when I started doing that and I got so addicted to it that that's where I'm like, I want to take a cold shower. You want to know why? Because I know it's going to suck. And I embrace my suck. <laughs> right. Because Embra I Hashtag embrace the suck. Yeah. Because once you Real. realize that it only sucks up here for a moment... And then when you get to the other side of it, you're like, damn, I feel good. That's that's glorious. I used to have to wake up and down half a pre-workout. <laughs> now it's like get in a cold shower, I meditate, I calm my body, I set my intentions for the day, and then I'll get to the day and be like, oh, shoot. Like, all right, I'm feeling a little thirsty. And I'll drink water and then some pre-workout because 
the caffeine when you're fasting with no calories makes it a little easier. So there's a dietary plan to it, but... Um, the whole point is like, I'm not saying well, it because I, I, I don't wanna, like your feelings. I, I want, want you to say, I want to, I want to say this too, because I, you know, we, you, myself, uh, we both listen to a lot of these motivational speakers, mm-hmm. right? And they tell you to do stuff and they, and, and it, you know, I wonder, cause you, you know, you got like people out here that's like, you know, F that and you just do this and you've got to do this. Here's what you're not doing and you have to do this. And, and you're just wondering like, did that come natural for you? Right. And that's not relatable to me. Right. Like everything I have in my life, everything I have in here, uh, my motivation, my drive, my lack of, all these things are all stuff that I'm working very hard to do. Right. Very hard to keep, you know, and I think that's more relatable. Like you're struggling. I, I just, I just, I just told you that I've been struggling for two months on doing things that I know I should do, things that I know have great benefits to them, things that I've done in the past in my early recovery that got me to levels I can only imagine, but yet I struggled in them again. You know, and, and now I'm coming out of it and I'm finding ways and I'm talking about it, I'm having communications and I'm, I'm being open and humble about my, my struggles and my experiences. And, what, and, and in turn, in doing that, I'm able to see a way out of it. I'm able to see a pathway. I'm able to for, to get other people's perspectives on what they think I should do and how they did it and and what they did in this situation. Right. You know, so I think that's very important to let people know like this shit's hard for me. You know? <laughs> I'm getting through it. But guess what? I'm going to get through it because I am that determined. So you you recognize one of my coin phrases because you're like I knew you were going to say that. What are you going to say right now? So I'm not saying it to you now. I want, I want people <laughs> to say this to themselves, and I want them to understand this part of the thought process because I've had, I still daily say it to myself. When someone will say something like, maybe I'm just bad at relationships or maybe I'm just bad at communicating. No, you choose to be. Right. And you choose to be based on your feelings. Mm-hmm. Fear, rejection. Resentments. Resentments. Like, you, again, you, your brain is a prediction model, so I understand that, but your predictions 99% of the time are false. Because you don't actually know what it's going to be like on the other side of whatever you're going to do unless you create that other side. So if you want to know, create it. There you go. Cold showers are amazing if you embrace them and understand the physiological thing that's happening and don't be like, this sucks and I just want to get through it. No. (laughs) What's happening right now? (laughs) I feel awake. I feel alive. Blood is rushing through my body right now. And this is amazing. And when you take that mindset on, now you've accomplished something. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to have a, a new mindset. Now, it is crazy, though. Like, I'm going to tell you, like, today is day two. Mm-hmm. And I woke up, and I, I, I hear you talking about the mind knows no difference between excitement and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And this morning, I said that to myself. And I was actually, like, because I was going to, like, I was going to take a few more minutes to to warm my mind up to the fact I'm getting ready to get into an ice shower, right? And and, and instead I didn't. I'm five four three two one. Yep. Right. No, Robin. And 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 I I jumped in and it was still equally as hard, but but I, I do just so you know. It's, it's a frame fun. of mind. And Mel Robbins in one of her books recently, she tells, I, I believe it was her because I'm listening to so many at this point. But she was speaking with her son, and her son was dealing with some struggles with anxiety, and so he was having social anxiety, and so she was encouraging him to go to a friend's house, and as they were going, he would say, I'm nervous, and she would say, I want you to say something different. I'm excited. Mm. 
because it's so close in the brain that you can reframe it. And so after that started happening and you started to understand, because it's the same rush of energy, it's a stress hormone on some level, whether it's anxiety or excitement, it's still a stress hormone on a level because you're doing something to your body. And different chemicals, the same right. chemicals are released. Same chemicals release, it's just a different framework in your brain. And so imagination and reality, your brain doesn't know the difference. You can imagine something and create it because you don't know the difference. And so that's where new things happen. And so the right frame of mind, the right ability to understand your feelings on a deeper level. And if you think your feelings aren't valid because you don't feel like doing something, try it. Push yourself. You're not going to die. Now, I'm not saying go jump off a building because you think flying might be cool. That's just well, silly. People in my do opinion. that. You know? They have the parachute. People well, for sure. Like, if you want to feel a rush, go <laughs> go skydiving. You'll definitely feel something. Um, what I mean is be half intelligent about it. A cold shower is not going to kill you. Somebody breaking up with you is not going to kill you. Heartbroken doesn't mean heart failure. Like, you have to frame things the right way. Perspective, right? It's all about perspective. And perspective in the mind, it needs to start with just progress, right? Just be addicted to progress. I was talking to somebody today, and I was like, you're an addict, and you need something else to be addicted to. And if you want to get addicted to something, and you don't know what it is, progress needs to be your thing. Just do something 1% better every day. 1% better in You'll yesterday. grow 300% in a year. Do the math. Woo! Almost 400%. Good stuff. All right? All right. We love you guys. Guys, we will post last week's in the comments below. Yeah. Uh, if you guys like this uh, talk hard podcast, not talk hard. Ra- <laughs> it's either talk, talk hard media hard. or talk hard radio, and we'll get there. Don't we'll get me get wrong. We'll get there. If you guys like this, man, please like and subscribe. Yes. Check out last week's uh, podcast down there in the comments. We love you guys. Stay focused.